Merry Christmas. This is Merry Christmas. Kind of catchy, huh, Hair? Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds nice, Lloyd, but, you know, don't you think you might be jumping the gun a little bit? I mean, you know, who knows? You know, maybe once you get to know her, you'll find out that she's not your type. Hey! Don't you ever say that again! She is the love of my life! The blood in my veins! We belong together! Till the mountains fall into the sea, till the heavens collide! Or until I get sick of her and need to move on. Conspiracy Guide. My name is Sean, and I will be your jolly, fat conspiracy guide. It's true, definitely am these days. Portly, rotund, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. As Mac on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia would say, I am cultivating mass. And hey, that's just what happens this time of year. I love it. I love it. Uh, there's... Uh, Geez, what a, you, I guess usually right around 30 days between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And um, yeah, I probably gain a pound for every day. <laughs> no joke during this season. I get it all in. You know, there's actually this crazy story about this guy who fasted for an entire year. And uh, that's what he did to lose weight. He was like medically monitored and everything, but he didn't eat for an entire year. So maybe I could do that. Maybe I should <laughs> do that. Probably not though. Probably not. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, Merry Christmas. It's truly a wonderful time of year. It's cold outside. Well, it's cold outside here on the uh, in the Northeast. I don't know about where you are. Probably not in my former home of Southern California, but in any case, it's cold here, but I definitely get a warm feeling around Christmas and there's something truly special about it. I don't know if it's just nostalgic or maybe like it's a shared consciousness thing. I kind of get that vibe. Seems like people at least try to be more warm and loving towards each other. And that's really special. I, I like it. It's good vibes. And it's different from other parts of the year. It really is different. Now, when I was on drugs, as I <laughs> discussed in my second podcast episode, I don't remember, you know, I, I don't specifically remember having like a, a bad summer or a bad Easter or you know, a bad 4th of July or, or a bad Arbor Day or anything like that. But I do remember having bad Christmases. I do remember the Christmases. And I remember feeling kind of devoid of the joy that should have been there. Because normally this feeling is palpable 
and it's very real. And the absence of that Christmas feeling, it was so unnatural and so unnerving. But now I'm back. (laughs) I'm back. And uh, I love Christmas. I love the feeling of joy. And especially now that I have kids, I get to share that with them. And I'm kind of channeling my inner Clark Griswold these days. We have the most ridiculously large and real and giant pain in the butt Christmas tree. It's like 15 feet tall. I'm not even kidding. And we cut it down and we haul it home and, you know, sort of cursing and screaming and yelling the whole way. But we get it in, we get it set up with ladders and the whole deal. And it's just the best. It is, uh, <laughs> it's horrible to pull it off. But man, when that when it's up, it's just the best. The house looks different and smells different. It's just a magical time. I hope I hope you um, also have a similarly joyful time. Maybe you don't celebrate Christmas. Maybe not. But you know what? If you're listening in the U.S., I'll bet you do. I'll bet you do celebrate Christmas because according to a recent Gallup poll, 93% of Americans celebrate Christmas. That is a lot. That is a lot. And that's a new poll. That's from 2019. And listen, this is not going to be a data-heavy episode. I'm not going to cite all of the studies and whatnot, but just a little tidbit of information for you there. So yeah, 93% of Americans celebrate Christmas specifically. Those are good numbers, people. So don't give me that happy holidays stuff. You better wish me a Merry Christmas give me that Merry Christmas. I don't want it watered down. I want that hundred proof Christmas cheer. You better say Merry Christmas. I want to hear it. Say it. (laughs) So that's what we're talking about today. You may have heard this before. You may have heard that there is a war on Christmas. Is there a war on Christmas like Fox News so famously tells us about? And the answer is, of course there is. Absolutely there is. And you know how I know this is true? Yeah, it's easy. You can see it for yourself. Just do an internet search. It's just that easy. And what you will see is when you search, is there a war on Christmas? Um, you'll find out that you are just overreacting. You're just hysterical and that there is no war on Christmas. It's just a conspiracy theory, people. So says the blue blue check marks on Twitter and the uh, fact checkers and the authoritative news sources. So when you see all that, you know what that means, right? <laughs> it means that there is absolutely a war on Christmas. <laughs> because whenever the New York Times and Media Matters and all these types say something isn't happening then it's definitely happening and you can take that to the bank. That is a hundred (laughs) percent. And there really is an effort to attack Christmas. There really is. Um, It's selective and it's a targeted attack. Um, After all, they, you know, it's it's not in Christmas, uh, on Christmas, I should say, like as a whole, 
because after all, they don't want you to stop spending your your money for these happy holidays. They they don't mind if us peasants celebrate our silly traditions as long as we keep maxing out our credit cards. No, they they love that. After all, isn't that what Black Friday is? Doesn't Black Friday mean the stores are uh, finally in the black, which means they're finally turning a profit? Now, I don't know if that's true. It doesn't, doesn't sound true to me. Um, certainly, if you're operating a business and it takes all the way until um, the end of November or December to turn a profit, that's, uh, that's a bad business model. Hey, but such is retail these days. Who knows? Maybe, maybe it is true for everyone except Jeff Bezos. But anyway, anyway, if you do that internet search, if you look into it for yourself, which uh, you're not supposed to do, but if you do, you will find that the debunking claim is always the same and it's always based on retail sales or whatever. It's something like, well, there couldn't be a war on Christmas because retail sales are up X percent, blah, blah, blah. So there you go, right? No, no, um, no war on Christmas because clearly people are spending their money still. But that's a misdirection play because we all know that the war on Christmas is a war on the prefix of that word, the Christ part of Christmas, as in Christian. This is the part they hate. They don't hate the retail part. They hate the Christian part. That's because Christmas is a celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's a very special time for us Christians. It is. And yes, I, I know, I know um, at this point, Jesus probably wasn't actually born on December 25th. The scripture says that the sheep were in the pasture. And uh, I'm a Pisces, and so I also would just like to think that Jesus was a Pisces too. But at this point, uh, we celebrate his birthday on December 25th. It is what it is. We can celebrate and it not necessarily be the exact day. I mean, we don't even have the same calendar that they had at that time. So it would be pretty difficult to nail down the exact day. But that is not the point. Now, the the, 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 the last figure here, the, the figure is declining, but according to that same study, there is still over 70% of Americans who feel that the Christmas holiday is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. And uh, this is a problem for the sort of powers that ought not be, as Sean from SGT Report would call them. As I am wont to mention, there are, are those who wish to control us, the petty and not-so-petty tyrants. And in order to do this, they must eliminate a couple of things. Now, guns are always high, probably number one on their list. Guns are, are number one on the tyrants' list of things to eliminate. By the way... <laughs> Number one on my list, too. <laughs> if anyone is out there who wants to know what is on my Christmas wish list, it's, um, I'm going to say it's uh, like an AR-10, like an AR platform in 308. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what's in uh, Santa's sack this year for me. 
But uh, but very important to the tyrants also is religion. We have just so many examples of this. What do they do when the totalitarian tyrants take over? Well, they get rid of the religion. It's because they can't have us running around believing that there is a higher power than them. No, they can't have us believing that uh, their power doesn't matter in the sort of universal scheme in the spiritual world. And so they attack religion and it's just par for the course. It's trite at this point. They must attack Christmas because Christianity is the fundamental underpinnings of Western culture and they hate it. Oh, do they hate it? (laughs) Man, they hate it. So that means, that means I love it. (laughs) That means I love it. Uh, What is the quote? It says, um, rebellion against tyrants is obedience to God. Mm. Oh, that's such a good one. Oh, man, that that quote just sums it all up for me. And you know what? It was going to be like an official. I think it was going to be on the official seal for the United States. Perhaps there were those at that time who knew they were going to become those tyrants. They didn't want to incite too much. I don't know, but I love it. (laughs) I love it. All right, so how do they wage this war? How do they wage this war on Christmas that is surely there? Well, you've seen these scenarios play out a million times. It's It usually manifests as uh, lawsuits or so. It's usually lawsuits, and it's usually meant to remove some sort of Christmas object from a public space or the utterance of Christmas or something like that. Uh, they use They use lawfare to do this. Lawfare is like warfare, but, you know, in courts with lawyers. These progressive lefties just have so much money to spend on this kind of stuff, don't they? Somehow, somehow they got tons of money to spend on this stuff. (coughs) Ukraine, (coughs) FTX, excuse me. Anyway, the, uh, the, uh, you know, there are organizations out there that kind of make these things their primary goals. The Anti-Defamation League is, is a big player in this space. I don't know who's being defamed by Christmas exactly, but they always make it a point to bring these lawsuits wherever possible. Like maybe your school used the phrase Christmas break instead of holiday break, whatever. Maybe there were too many Christmas trees or, you know, God forbid, a nativity scene or something like that. They always find themselves right there embroiled in this legal controversy to make sure that you... You aren't exposed to many Christmas Christmas icons. Anyway, what they usually do is fall back on the uh, the, the first little snippet there of the First Amendment uh, of our Bill of Rights, which states, Congress shall make no laws respecting an establishment of religion. So the critics of Christmas will say when the government uses a word like Christmas, it becomes an endorsement of Christmas. But... But is it really that cut and dry? No, no. That's why it's lawfare and not, and not, you know, some predetermined thing. You know, it's got to go through the filters of certain courts and certain judges. And it's because Christmas is a national holiday. And uh, it was actually signed into law by Ulysses Grant in 1850. And, and yes, the now sacred day that we have today is, 
an amalgamation of a bunch of different traditions kind of filtered through 170 years of its legal holiday status. But whatever it is today, it is one, sacred, and it is two, legally precedented. And it's absolutely clear that Grant wasn't signing plain red Starbucks cups into law. No, he was making the Christian celebration of Jesus' birth a legal holiday. That's what he was doing. And so whatever it is, Christmas is a legal holiday in the United States. And so whatever you believe is not important. American, Christmas is American and um, it's American in every way. So at least here in America, I know there's a lot of listeners from other parts of the world, but at least here in America, hey, Christmas is the law. And there's something for everyone. We got trees for the pagans and Santa Claus for the, you know, fantastical story lovers. And we got uh, baby Jesus in the manger for the Christians. And sometimes we mix them all up. Sometimes we we do. We just mix all the things together. And uh, it's a beautiful melting pot of Christmas tradition. Growing up, I had a figurine in, in our home of Santa Claus kneeling before the baby Jesus and praying over him. Man, I love it. <laughs> it is ridiculous, but also nostalgic and wonderful to me. It really shows that our Christmas is just a beautiful mix of things because no, St. Nicholas didn't actually meet baby Jesus. They were separated by 250 years or something, but but that jolly fat guy in the red robe, the caricature that we all know and love, praying and in reverence to the Christ child. Oh, well, I just love it. <laughs> I love it. That's my holiday. That's my Christmas. So deal with it. <laughs> if you're triggered with it, deal with it. Now, speaking of dealing with it, let's look at some examples of of those who uh, of those who did not deal with it so well. Let's take a look at you know these types. You know these types. They are so mad and unfulfilled that they must <laughs> they must share their unhappiness with you. All right, the first story, classic one in Washington State. Of course, <laughs> some angry atheist made the city put up a sign at City Hall during Christmas that uh, said. And I quote, at this season of winter solstice, may reason prevail. There are no gods, no devils, no angels, no heaven or hell. There is only our natural world. Religion is but myth and superstition that hardens the hearts and enslaves the minds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they were so ideologically weak that they couldn't possibly be exposed to the alternative and theological views. The nativity scene sent them away crying to their lawyers about fairness (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) They actually said a a quote from the, um, 
whoever, almost certainly college professors, right, that that put this sign up. Uh, they uh, A quote from them says, um, Christians don't own the month of December. <laughs> uh, as, if so, as if a Christmas display means that you own the month. Hmm, whatever. Um, as far as their statement at the beginning of that sign they put up, Let's examine that sign. May reason prevail. That's what they start with. May reason prevail. Reason, huh? Reason. Oh, atheists love it. Reason. Listen, atheists don't own reason. <laughs> Far from it. Um, you may have heard of the Big Bang. Now, uh, now that's not reason. That, my friends, is faith. You have got some kind of faith. If you think the entire universe burst into existence from nothing and that life just happened by chance, are you insane? (laughs) Neither of those premises have ever been replicated. Not even close. Not even close. Scientists can't create matter uh, from nothing. Uh, where where it doesn't exist, they they can't create life out of inorganic matter. It, it's 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 fully crazy. But you know what? At least the idea of a grand design does exist outside of theory. I mean, we design stuff all the time, right? Uh, no, we don't create matter out of nothing, and no, we don't create life where none exists. But we do design stuff. So a grand design, duh, seems reasonable to me. Um, so who's who's the reasonable one here? Who's exercising reason? The one who can observe the natural world and from that extrapolate a theological viewpoint from? Or the one who has absolutely no proof, no proof that their premise even exists I think it's me. <laughs> the Big Bang is fully crazy. I mean, you must have banged your head or something to come up with that one. All right. So the next one, the next one, the, the next story of Christmas crazies, that's from this year. And it's a good one. I, uh, I only picked a couple of these, but this one is so good. And because it's current, it's got to be included here. So this year, I mean, it was just recently, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, in Massachusetts, a library announced that it would not put up a Christmas tree. Why? Because people were offended. Now, you'll notice this is a common trick with these insane sort of lefty progressives. Now, I don't mean to beat up on lefties. I say lefties, but, you know, a lot of the views I hold are, I guess I would I would call them traditionally left. No, what I'm actually talking about is the sort of woke mob that is uh, kind of more prevalent on the left these days. So, uh, you know, in, in its modern form, I'm, I'm talking about lefties as the sort of woke nut jobs that that seem to um, at least be in charge of the Democrat Party. Any of you um, sort of um, um, traditional um, traditional 
left uh, traditional progressives. Sorry, that it is what it is. Get <laughs> get a hold of your uh, your your political party. Anyway, you'll notice this this common trick with these sort of insane woke people. It's always about protecting someone else who was offended. Um, really. It, Really, I think what it is is so they'll hide it that they're, oh, we're we're protecting the feelings of this, you know, other group or whatever. But really, it's I think it's just about the fact that even their cats are sick of them at this point. And so they have to do something for attention. Anyway, uh, once the Internet got a uh, got a hold of this story, um, the uh, that the library was not putting up trees. Well, the library reversed its decision. They made the right decision. They put the Christmas trees back. That's right. Win for the Christmas crowd. <clears throat> but the best part of this story is, uh, <coughs> excuse me, is the message that the unhinged lunatic um, who was, you know, uh, who was crusading for those, those aggrieved few uh, the best part about the story is the message that they put online. And where was this person from? Well, you guessed it, the Human Rights Council, whatever that is. Um, and this person, her name is Diane Loud. Yes, that's that's actually her name. Or they's name <laughs> or whatever. Um, now I quote, but I'm going to put some Christmas spirit in this one. I'm not going to quote fully because Ms. Loud is quite a potty mouth, but I will come as close to quoting as I can. So here goes. First of all, she starts her statement by telling us how inclusive she is. Sure. Yeah, you'll see how inclusive she is. And then says, and now I'm quoting, everyone will tell me that you are a selfish frosted birch who does not care about anyone but herself for a tree a mother frosting tree you have put people's lives in a lot of danger a lot of danger for a mother frosting tree she goes on them goes on what whatever frost you you piece of trash i hate each and every one of you and I wish great suffering on you. <laughs> Isn't that great? Oh my gosh, it is great. It is a masterclass in unhinged lunatics. An actual person put that online where other people could see it. <laughs> now the post is gone now, but I will actually link to a screenshot of it. You know, in case you need... <laughs> Need ideas for what to write in your Christmas cards this year. Anyway, you see, these are the moral crusaders of our time. These brave white knights, and they're, they're almost always white, and women, who, uh, who swoop in to defend those poor minority groups like the LGBTQIAA pluses. You know, as as if the entire media apparatus in corporate America isn't already simping for them daily. It's pathetic. It's pathetic and it's hilarious. But on a serious note, I will pray for Ms. Loud. It sounds like she needs it. Because, you know what? That post sounds painful 
and depressing. You know, I included it here to just point out how ridiculous the attacks on Christmas are, but it does sound like Ms. Louds need, needs our prayer. And look, there are tons of examples of these lots of Christmas haters out there. And yes, you know what? Yes, we, we could water down Christmas or the holiday season. We could say, have a nice winter or some equally meaningless greeting. But I don't want to cater to the lowest common denominator. That's not how I want to live. I want to say Merry Christmas and I want you to respond however you want. So tell me Happy Hanukkah. That's cool. Tell me back Happy Kwanzaa. I'd love to talk to you about that. Really, I would. Tell me Hail Satan. Whatever. I'll pray for you too. But what I won't do is run away crying. So in the end, is there a war on Christmas? Yes. Absolutely, there is a war on Christmas because there is a war on everything spiritual. And certainly that includes Christmas. But the war on Christmas is already won by us, by those young Christian warriors. The war on Christmas is already won. And we won the battle with marketing. (laughs) That's right. We won the battle with marketing. Our marketing is better. Why? Because we gave you a tree in the house and it smells great. And we gave you lights on the house and, you know, and lights on the tree. We gave you presents. We gave you Santa Claus, the big fat man with the long white beard and the awesome red suit. He is like the OG superhero. We gave you all that. And you know what? We're bringing baby Jesus in with all that stuff. We got you hooked on Christmas awesomeness and we're bringing in baby Jesus with it. It's the Trojan horse of Christmas marketing and Christians won this one and it is forever one. So you know what? If you're a Christmas hater, you might as well just get yourself a mug of hot cocoa, put on the Bing Crosby Christmas album and just let the joy flow over you. You can stop fighting now. This war is won. Anyway, I want to say Merry Christmas, everybody. A giant, huge Merry Christmas from Conspiracy Guide Podcast. Me and mine to you and yours. I hope you have a truly blessed Christmas and a happy new year. And you know what? Whatever you celebrate this time of year, I hope you have a blessed one of those too. Hey, the reading for this podcast is one awful, awful book. (laughs) But since I did read a book, or at least I attempted to read a book for this podcast, I will post it in the notes as I promised to do. The book is called A War on Christmas. It is awful. It is early 2000s era Fox claptrap. And it's just an outrage story meant to whip Christians into a frenzy or Some awful thing like that. I don't recommend reading it, but I do the heavy lifting for you guys. So anyway, I'll put the link in there. But save yourself the heartache of reading this awful pile of garbage. (laughs) Okay, but what I do have for you, I do have something good. I have a song for the end of this episode. And just a fair warning, 
this song has some language in it. Some language that would certainly land you on the naughty list. But I love this song because it is actually a Christmas song about the exact place that I grew up. That's right. A Christmas song about the exact place that I grew up. At least the uh, original or early parts of my childhood. So you may be familiar with the glitz and the glamour of Los Angeles. And you also may be familiar with the sun-kissed beaches and people of Orange County. But if you head inland away from that beautiful coast, you will find the great unwashed masses of the Inland Empire, the IE, as we call it. And this song is called Christmas Time in the 909. And it is as accurate as it is funny. <laughs> so enjoy. And thank you for listening. Merry Christmas to everybody. And we'll see you next year.